Good morning. Come on, man. It's good to be with you this morning at the theater, the Palladium, man, Luminance Church. Come on, somebody. Man, we are excited for what God has been doing and, and just uh, excited for our series, Habakkuk. And if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Habakkuk with me. There will be in chapter 2 this morning, chapter 2, super excited to be with you. Pastor Austin brought in a great word last week about choices and making decisions and what are you going to decide. And actually, Pastor Austin's preaching at our Every Nation Church in Austin family life this morning. So that's super exciting. Maybe you want to check that out here later. But what I want to do is I just want to pray for us as we get going this morning, pray for our children. I was up there doing tech arts back there in the kids this morning. And so let's pray as we just dive into God's word. Father, we just love you. We're so grateful. We're grateful that our, our youth ministry is meeting, grateful for that our kids are meeting, grateful that the gospel is being proclaimed this morning in every way. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just illuminate your word to us this morning, that you would illuminate your word and that it would just be a revelation for us, insightful Lord, as we read the book of Habakkuk together, Lord, you said that your word is alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. God, it will, it will move in such a way that it will convict our hearts. So I'm asking, Lord, that for conviction and not condemnation this morning. I'm asking that you would come in a great way in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. 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 This morning, I want to talk about how the just shall live by faith. Everybody say faith. Turn to your neighbor and say faith. Come on, you may have to scream it. You may be on a row all by yourself. I hugged my mother-in-law this morning. She was all by herself. She's like, nobody's around me. Sometimes you just got to go, faith. I'm looking right at her, embarrassing her this morning. That's just fun to do. You know, the truth is, is that, that the just shall live by faith. And in Habakkuk 2, we've been understanding this passage written, written by this prophet, a lament of what is happening to the Israelites at this point. They're being drawn into captivity. They're being taken over in every way. They're wondering what is going on. Habakkuk is wondering what's going on. How many of you ever feel like chosen by God, but you're wondering what's going on? Anybody feel like that? You, you know that you were, you were selected by him, whether it was at a youth conference, a college conference, maybe it was in your house or through a neighbor, but you, it was selected by him. You were picked, handpicked, and he said, I want you, I love you, I know you, I got great plans for you, I got so many things for you, I have a purpose for you, and then all of a sudden, you're like, life hits, Things happen, and you say, what's going on? What's going on? In our jobs, in our situations, in our schooling, it's the, most, it's the strangest time to be a college student. Isn't that true, college students? Like, last year, there was no college. You were online learning, and you could have done that through Wikipedia. You know, it was like, what am I doing? Why am I paying tuition? What's going on? I was supposed to start sports, or I was supposed to start my degree plan, or my doctorate, or something like that. And you're just like, what's going on? We all ask these questions. When God selected you and he carved out for you what was happening, he ended up just asking, we ended up asking this question. And Habakkuk 2.4 says this. 
verse 4 and 5 I want to read this morning. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. Moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he has never enough. He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples. Habakkuk 2.4 says, Behold, his soul is puffed up, is not upright with him, but the righteous shall live by faith. I want to tell you this morning, I came to tell you, that us being righteous, selected by God, means that we were set apart. And it wasn't on our own merit or what we did to be good enough. It was by God's choosing, saying, I love you and there's nothing that you can do to be good enough. I love you and I select you and I paid a price for you. You deserve death because of the sin inside of you. You deserve to be separated forever from God. But I selected you and I sent my son, Jesus, to take your place of death so that you could become my righteousness. Have right standing before me that you would be justified. And it's the just who gets to live by faith, moving in his promises. But how many of you know that, that before you experience this, there's pride in our life. The ultimate sin, some would argue, a lot of theologians would say, the ultimate sin, we just turned this game down just a little bit. Because I'm yelling this morning, just a little too loud. The ultimate sin that we see in life, the ultimate sin is pride, a lot of theologians say. It was the pride of life. It was the pride. It was Satan when he was there in the heavenlies as an angel. Do you realize that Satan was a worship leader? He's there in the heavenlies, and yet he said, I want to be like God. All of a sudden, he was puffed up, and his arrogance led to a fall, led to a destruction. And that's the first thing I want to let us know is that pride will trip you up. Pride will trip you up. It doesn't mean that you aren't proud that you did a good job at school. It doesn't mean you aren't proud that you did a good job in your sports or your athletes. Or you aren't proud that, man, that, that you did a great job on a date planning it for your wife. And it was awesome. And you kind of patted yourself on the back and said, man, I did a good job. I'm not talking about that pride or being proud that that you moved to a place and you were excited that you achieved something I'm not talking about that I'm talking about when you start putting yourself in a position out of humility and you start honoring yourself above the honor that's due you you start elevating yourself so much so that you start walking around a little you know chest puffed out you know, you may see me walk around like this sometimes. I just have a big chest. You move in this place, and it's this pride that trips you up. I, I, I remember growing up as a, as a kid, and I grew up with two brothers, and we were always trying to trip each other without the other person knowing. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was one of the wrestling matches where you knew somebody was trying to trip you. You would try to do it on the sly. You know what I mean? They're just walking all of a sudden. You just stick your foot out. Boom. Got them. Anybody else try to do that? 
No, no, no. Cecile's like, no, I would never do that. We, we would do it all the time. My friends would try to trip each other. It's just, it's hilarious. You're walking down the school hallway, and you got your friend right there, and you just, I'm just going to trip them up just a little bit. You see, this is what pride does. Pride trips you up, but it's not known. It's walking in a way, and it's subtle. Where all of a sudden, you're walking, and you're walking in such a way, and you're getting a little prideful, and you find yourself stumbling. Pride. It's this arrogance. It puffs you up. And this is what Habakkuk is saying. It's like there's so many people that are prideful. There's so many people that have this soul puffed up. There's so many people, our people, have gone their own way. They have neglected God. And now there's this punishment coming upon them. There's all this that's happening. They've been walking in their own interest and not the interest of others or the interest of the Lord. Pride is also self-preservation. It's self-preservation. When we put on pride, it's because we think that we, get to, we have to fend for ourselves. How many of you have heard that you had to fend for yourselves in life? You, 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 if anything was going to happen for you, anything good, it was all going to be on you, that you had to do it. So it was a survival mechanism where I can't trust anybody because that's what pride does. It puts a barrier of trust between the other person. A barrier between trust between the people around you. Where you start masking things and although you have all these insecurities and you have all these, all these insecurities around you, you start masking them. But the gospel is righteous living, not by law abiding principles. You see, Galatians 3, 10 through 14 says this. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. There's this moment where we feel like we have to abide by the law and order to be righteous, in order to abide. So, so we move in this way of abiding by the law, and then we end up getting a little prideful because we're law-abiding citizens. Now, I'm not telling you not to break the law. I'm not saying that. I'm not telling you to do anything that you shouldn't do. I, I, I'm telling you, like, the law was given, the Ten Commandments, if we remember, the Ten Commandments were given to a people who constantly needed to be reminded to live righteous. They were so wayward, so full of themselves, moving in a place, so the law was giving, saying, hey, I want to expose your wickedness inside of you, so here's a law. And every time you violate that law, you'll be reminded that you're sinful, that you are falling short. But here's what a lot of people do is they, they look at the law and they start abiding by the law and they start moving in the law and they are the law police. You know anybody like that? The law police. It says 30 miles an hour on the speed limit. You need to go exactly 30 miles an hour. It says don't do this. 
It says uh, there's all these laws that happen, and there's law-abiding people, and I'm so thankful for them. I am not one of them. You see, my wife is black and white. She is, she's very abide by the letter of the law. I live in the gray. Anybody else live in the gray? You kind of live in the gray area. Kind of like the gray area a little bit. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to go cross anything that I shouldn't cross. You know, there, there, there's nothing going to happen where I'm going to get arrested. But I'm going to live in the gray a little bit. But you have some people where they feel like their righteousness is obtained by being perfect according to the law. So they start building themselves with this pride, building themselves up of, look at me. Oh, man, I am so holy. Jesus would describe them as these outward vessels that look so golden, but inwardly they're empty. A whitewashed tombs, if you will. Outwardly, they look so amazing, but inwardly, they're empty. It's these people who are trying to do it on their own merit. Constantly moving in that way, and they're falling short and short. Here, we're reminded, and how backwards, it kind of goes off script. It goes off script. It says, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. And he uses the word faith like Paul does in Galatians and Romans. He uses this word faith, meaning that the righteous won't live by law, but they'll live by trust. The righteous will live and persevere and move through all this because the way they trust him. You see, the Christian life, our life in, the, in this world that we are set in motion on is all about trust. Do we trust him? That's what faith is. That's why we talk about faith all the time. We talk about faith. How's your faith? How you doing, faith? We call each other faith. Right? Man of God, man of faith. We start building each other up. Come on, be strong in the Lord. Get some faith. Because what we're saying is, man, lean into him. Trust him. Pursue him. Have relationship with him. What I love is I drive. Now, I've been driving for how many years is that? 14 years, something? 24 years? How old am I? Something. It's not a date, everybody. I've been driving for a while. And in my neighborhood, there's these twists and turns. Twists and turns, there's deer that come out everywhere, baby deer that come out. Just FYI, I, I, I know somebody who hit a baby deer the other day. It was horrific. There's deer everywhere. There's twists and turns. And yet there's still these speed limit signs. What I love is if you've been driving long enough, you can discern how fast to go. How many of you know that's true? Like, you can just discern it. You know if you're going too fast. You know if you're reckless. You know if you're driving too fast. You no longer really need a sign to tell you how fast to go. How many know that's true? Like, I know if I'm violating this car and I'm driving too fast. I know if there's a pedestrian right there that I need a certain amount of time to stop. I know if a baby deer jumps out, I know I have to drive a certain speed. I know going around these hills, these twists and these turns, I know that there's a certain amount of speed I have to go. And it's not because I'm prideful, 
It's because I've been driving a while. And when you've been driving a while and you're moving and you've been driving a while, what happens is you just start to discern speeds. And in the path that you move, you start to get some familiarity. In a, in a road that you've been on for a while, that you've driven for a while, you start to get some familiarity. I want to liken that to our relationship with God. When the righteous live by faith, what they're saying is there's this familiarity of the journey with God where I know what is in violation to him. I know when I am out of step or out of alignment. I know when I've been taking some wrong turns or some turns too fast. You see, in this journey where the righteous live by faith, they trust God and they're in such connection with them, they know what would offend him and what would not. How many of you know that's true? I, don't know, I no longer need this law where I have to clean myself up with law and do this duty. Now I'm just about the relationship. The righteous shall live by faith. Where I know him so well that I can begin to discern his voice. What I love about Habakkuk in this chapter, he knows the voice of God. You see, as he makes his petition and his questions, he's asking what's going on. He's going up to the watchtower and he's looking and he's waiting and he's listening. And then he hears God speak and he says, I want you to write this vision down. I want it to be clear and I want to let you know, Habakkuk, that the righteous, they live by faith and not by law. The righteous, they know me and they don't just know about me. The righteous hear my voice. The righteous move in a way where they're not looking to offend God, but to please him. This is our cry and our call as Christians. Here at Luminous Church, practically, we're asking the Lord, how do we follow you? We're looking at the Ten Commandments, and we're looking at these laws, and we're looking at all these things. But when you meet with him, and you're walking with him every day, you're reading his word, and you're worshiping, and you're meditating and you're having your solitude and you spend seasons of fasting and seasons of dating God, being with him, knowing him, knowing his voice, knowing what he likes and doesn't like. When you can discern this, you know that like he he loves life. He loves life. He loves humanity. He loves unity. He loves people. He loves his creation. He loves his earth. He didn't waste a breath on anything that was made. Everything was made by him and for him. This is our God. And when you know him, you can all of a sudden look at politics and say, whoa, that doesn't align with God's heart. When you know him, you can look at your friend circle and go, whoa. Look like the faith that I walk away from. When you're waiting on your spouse and some good-looking football player, UTSA, ask you out, you're like, whoa. I, I didn't waste a breath on him. This doesn't look like God. He's not living for him. 
You see, all of a sudden, I don't have to read this book. I do read the book. I do read his word, but I read his word to know him, but I don't read his word to be so prideful, to set myself apart and look at me. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't do this. I don't do that. I do this. I do that. Checklist, checklist, checklist. Hey, God, um, see everything I'm doing for you? You see this checklist? You see all the things that I've been doing? You see, I haven't been I haven't been covening my neighbor's wife. I haven't been stealing. I haven't been killing. I haven't, I haven't been putting any other gods before you. I haven't been doing all this. See this checklist, God? God, do you love me? God, do you love me? You see all these things I'm doing for you? God, do you love me? It's no different than your son coming up Say, I've done all these things dad do you love me do you love me it's when your dad goes no I just love you whether you take out the trash or not I love you well you don't take out the trash it makes me a little frustrated I love you you're approved you're chosen you're handpicked I love you that thing and trust happens it's faith happens See, I'm going to live by this. I'm going to live by this relationship. I'm going to live by the way that you trust me and I trust you. I'm going to live by that. I'm going to lean into you. I'm going to lean so far into you, God. See, pride is all about elitism, isn't it? The gospel, the gospel that the just shall live by faith is human, is human, and it's not race-specific. It says in Romans 3.22, and the righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no distinction for all those who believe, for all those who trust, for all those who have faith. The gospel is for you. It's the good news. It doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're black. It doesn't matter if you're blue or you're red. It doesn't matter if you're poor or rich. The gospel is for you. It makes no distinction between Jew or Greek. Between being born in America or born in Honduras or born in China, it doesn't make any distinction. You realize the gospel can move and it brings unity to those who have faith. This is what it is. The the righteous will live by faith. All this pride, equal or better than God. Pride of, look how many things I've done and how many checkboxes I've clicked or, or checked off. Oh, look at this pride. See, I'm better than that person. Pride will sneak into our life, and it trips us up all of a sudden. thought I was better. thought I was more approved. One of the human needs, felt needs that we all have is to be worthy, isn't it? To be enough. Like we all want to be enough. We all want to be enough. We all want to be approved. Isn't it weird how pride will come in and sneak in so little and trip you up and bring you to an elitism where your enough means that you have to be more than somebody else? Could your enough just be enough before him? Could you just be worthy before him? Instead, we look at everybody else, and if I could just position myself a little bit better than my neighbor next door, 
or position myself a little bit better than my sorority sisters or my fraternity brothers or position myself a little bit better than my coworker. And, and, and in capitalism, it's achievement after achievement after achievement. And so you're constantly trying to pin and position yourself above because it validates you. Oh, friend, I hope that that's not our validation. Because it can trip us up. We don't want to live like that. We're living by faith, by the relationship. Pride, it, it'll set limits, and it's finite. Pride sets limits, and it's finite. It's so finite. And yet the gospel, the good news in this living by faith, and the righteous are justified by faith, it's infinite and it's not finite it, it is long lasting and it's also long suffering and it's not setting these limits but it's actually being in this place of abiding in abundance it's about it, it being with him and for him and and in americanism we we have a very challenge with this ideology because you see everything is dispensable Everything's dispensable. I live in the country. We have a septic system. Septic system is a challenge, just to let you know. Challenge, you know? All your, you know, stuff goes in there and then waters your lawn. It's strange. Okay, I would rather water some farmland, but no, it's my lawn. And, and the thing about my septic system, it, it keeps breaking. Because when we moved out there, we got a garbage disposal. Because the garbage disposal is very helpful for those who are in the kitchen. I just put anything I want down the garbage disposal, I hit the button, and it's no longer my problem. How I many you know that's true? You live in the city. But what I found in the country is everything down my garbage disposal ends up clogging the heads to my sprinkler system. And it creates this problem. But it's bought a lot of heightened awareness to me. And the awareness is this, is that oftentimes we think we can just get rid of whatever by turning on the disposal. And in Americanism, every house has a disposal because that's where we put the waste. I never really thought about it. I just turned it on. But now that I'm dealing with the disposal, I have this conscious awareness we're the only country that really has disposals like that. You see, most countries will take their leftovers and do a compost pot. And they'll take all this stuff and they'll actually turn it into fertilizer or turn it into something that will produce good and produce growth. But in Americanism, our Western privilege, if you will, our abundance I get to put whatever I want down the garbage disposal. And it's waste after waste after waste. Now, I'm not telling you to unhook your garbage disposal this week. But made me think, that type of appliance and that mentality we bring to everything around us, to our friendships, to our church, to our calling, to our spouse, to our children, 
where it all just feels so disposable. But all we have to do is just put it down there, flick on a switch. I've seen so many people dispose of so many relationships. Because they think relationships are finite. That they're just, they're, 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 they're just can dwindle away. Oh, that was a seasonal relationship. Oh, that was my church for a season. Oh, that was my group for a season. And you're calling seasons like weeks, months. That's not what living by faith is. Living by faith is a journey. God is not a God of a season. He's a God of seasons. He's a God who wants to move in every season and take you with him. He's a God who wants to move you from glory to glory and faith to faith. He's a God who wants to move you along and wants the relationship. He doesn't want you just to check off a box. Oh, did it in that season. Now what box is there? He's a God who wants to bring you into the relationship and move you on the journey. The challenge with us in our mindset sometimes, if we're not challenged by the gospel, realizing that faith is a journey. It's a journey of relationship with God. It's a journey where we are justified by him, made righteous by him. And in that righteousness, we get to fully abide in his presence, get to dwell with him Fully and be fully known. And in that, he brings people in our lives like Caesar and Edgar. And he says, I'm bringing you into relationship for you to walk. So that when you're walking by faith to faith and you're walking in your journey, you're walking with other people. They may have some different ideologies, some differences, some different points of view. Adam Grant would challenge us in his book, Think Again. He says this, we listen to views that make us feel good instead of ideas that make us think hard. Let me say that again. We listen to views that make us feel good instead of ideas that make us think hard. The gospel and walking out the just shall live by faith. Trust in him is an idea that makes us think pretty hard. The gospel makes us think. Some churches and some gatherings make me feel good. But what if it challenges the way I feel, the way I think? Am I willing to go there with the gospel? Am I willing to go there? Let me read this last chapter. It says in Luke chapter 17. And he said to his disciples, Jesus speaking, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than that he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. 
You must. The just shall live by faith. The gospel is a gospel of forgiveness. It's a gospel of moving in forgiveness. A gospel of having God's heart. A gospel of repentance. When you wrong somebody, you go and you apologize. When you were wronged, hopefully they come and apologize to you. But it's extending forgiveness. He says, someone sins against you seven times in a day. Then forgive him seven times. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Increase our faith. Faith says, I forgive you. Lack of faith says, I owe, you owe me. Faith in God moves us to faith in our circumstances. Faith in God moves us to action. James says, without faith, without works, your faith is dead. Meaning, faith is a faith of action. Trust is a trust of action. It's not just a knowledge, and it's not just a feeling, but it's actually moving. And how many of you husbands in here, you wives in here, you think you love your husband? Man, it's a good idea to love your husband. Yeah, I love him. But you never do anything for them. Yeah, you'd be sleeping on the couch. See, I could think it, I could feel it, but it must move me to action. The just move by faith. We live by faith. This is what motivates us. It moves us to him. Faith, I am righteous. He has picked me. He has selected me. He paid the price to adopt me. The price was his son. And as he adopts me and I'm made righteous, I get to walk in faith. I get to walk in that abundance. I want to pray for you this morning. I don't know where you are. Woe to those who are in pride. Woe to them, because there's a warning. And the warning is that you're going to be tripped up. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to move into a place where you're on the ground and you're not so postured up. Woe to you who are prideful. Come, repent, and place your faith and trust in the Lord. Place your faith and trust in the Lord. I want you to reflect right now with your eyes closed. Lord, have I been walking by faith? The just shall walk by faith. The righteous live by faith. Am I walking by faith? Or am I walking according to my pride, my achievements, my check boxes, my list, my facade? My fakeness with God and with others. And Lord, if that's me, I repent. I just ask right now that you'd repent if that's you. Repentance just means, God, I'm sorry. 
I want to quit walking that way. I want to trust you. I want to walk how the righteous should walk, how the just should walk by faith. And just like the disciples, as we're closing in prayer, everybody's asking, Lord, increase our faith. I don't know if I have enough forgiveness for being offended seven times a day, 77 times a day. So increase it. Increase our faith, Jesus. Increase it right now. Holy Spirit, come. Give us what we don't have today, given only by you. We ask this in Jesus' name.